Peterborough. This is PCR.
Ah, good evening. Welcome to the uh, Doc Mason Show, Pretty City Radio, 103.2 FM. We started the show there with uh, Jane Stock and uh, Reassuring. Uh, later on in the show, we've had uh, 12 tracks sent into the show, and we'll be playing them after we talk to Giz Book tonight. And we shall be talking all things Jane Stock and the release of the current album, uh, Face, Your Va- Face Your Fears, on White Vine. Is it Giz? Is it, it on is, White yeah, it is, uh, Mark. Yeah. But should I call you Mark or Doc? Whichever you prefer. Call uh, me Mark, because we've known each other a long we've time. We've known each other for a really long time. I think yeah. we've known each other since. 1986, when you listen to a MP3, you know it's all squashed and compressed, and that's yeah. how people listen to music like that now. A lot of people listen to music on their phones. I mean, that is the worst way of listening yeah, to of course, music. Yeah. CD, maybe it's got too much information. I still love CDs. I must admit, I. I buy CDs all the time. You know what I mean? I buy them off uh, eBay. <laughs> but there's a gap in my record collection, and I think, oh, I'll have a listen to that. And then I'm like, oh, I ain't going to name it. But there's a, there's a couple of companies that sell you know, CDs ridiculously cheap, and you're yeah, like, yeah, two pounds. Yeah, that's it, two pound, two pound fifty. You know, like, I can't believe I just got that for two pound fifty or two pounds. You can get some really yeah. excellent yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. And then if there's a band that I really like, then I think, oh, I might treat myself to that and vinyl. Because, I mean, nowadays, you, you are looking at, like, 15, 20 pounds for a, a vinyl album, and it's like... Yeah, um, I mean, we're, we've been selling ours at the shows for 20 pounds, yeah. you know, which is a good price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the vinyl is actually quite weighty. Yeah. It's, it's good quality. Um, but, yeah, you can expect to spend 25 pounds yeah. on the vinyl. Yeah. I think the thing is, with it, that somewhere along the line, I like the little crackles and pops and just that little bit of background, you know. Do you? You know what I mean? Because well, it just, just makes it sound d- genuine. I like it when you do the initial laying the just, needle into the groove. <laughs> that first yeah. going down yeah. and in. Yeah. But I, I, I really love the sound of a, a clean vinyl. Yeah. Um, you know, some, I don't some, mind if I get a click and it's too bad, then that annoys me. Yeah. Because you know, probably like you, over the years, you've had a few wild parties and uh, somebody's sort of fell into the record deck in their time and scratched your vinyl album. Hairspray's the yeah. biggest demon. Um, some of the finest records that I've owned have been destroyed by Tracy's hairspray. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I mean, I feel quite. Um, honoured um, with the re-release, uh, the reformation of Jane Stark, yeah. we've now had three vinyls. Yeah. The first album has been re-released on vinyl, Great Adventure Cigar, that was on blue. <laughs> the second album, which was the the, 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 the comeback album, yeah. which is Angel in the Flames, and that was on red vinyl, I've, I've been giving that a play today. And then the new one, uh, the latest album, Face Your Biggest Fear, which is yeah. on white vinyl. I prefer that one. I think that's the best one. So, I mean, we was just we was just uh, chatting earlier about, you know, very often a band's uh, first album is the best album, and uh, you've gone and done the third album, which is the best album. But that's only in my humble opinion. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's. I mean, I'm proud of it. I think I've worked for it. There's also a lot of pain that's gone into yeah. it. As you went through a lot of. Uh, well, you did. You, you had a, tr- a period of tragedy, didn't you? Really, at the end of the day, there's been a lot going on yeah. um, since we reformed in January the fourth, two thousand and eighteen. That was the, when the idea of Jana Stark um, 
reformed the idea came about then and since then we've had the death of Keith Lynn and I've had the death of my dad and my mum I mean yeah. you know that's the t- I two you a lot of pain doesn't it really yeah a lot of pain yeah <laughs> and um you know there are tracks on the album that represent that yeah but I mean like some people say like uh when when you have all them emotions going through you there the, that's a, that is like you you put your heart and soul into an album and that's what comes out yeah i mean i, I didn't really have the chance to to grieve when it was going on in, mm. in fact um when my dad died uh we just jane stark had just done a tour october november 2019 we'd just done a tour with the wild hearts which was the greatest tour that we possibly could have done yeah um we were playing in front of you know 700 to a thousand people every night I which mean, is a big it's a big gig that's a big gig yeah. i mean you know on a monday night as well yeah. and um long so supported we, band though, the wild hearts aren't they the the wild hearts i would say are right up there um maybe the uk's top rock band um can you call them rock i mean they're very punky but they've got so many edges to them they've got metally edges gothic edges they've got motorheadish kind of edges and but sometimes some of their songs are almost got a 60s flavor Mm. you know they do have a beatles thing about them as well and uh so we did this tour and their following just embraced us and as i said that was october november and it was in november um november the 14th that my dad died so mm. whilst that tour was going on my dad died and you still got to keep you still got to keep on touring because you're still like, got to keep yeah. it going and i was with him when he died yeah. yeah so it's like going and visiting him yeah leading up to it then that and then afterwards you're trying to you know, I had to go and see my mum. It's, it's all surreal, isn't it? It, it, when it? When then sort of things happen, it doesn't seem real to you as it's happening. You don't sort of in, there was sort of a, register it. There was definitely a case of automatic pilot kicking yeah. in. Um, yeah. Which, I, that's what I mean, I didn't really get the chance to grieve. Mm. So it, some of that did come out. There are, there are times when I put the album on and tears, you know, because yeah. I, I know what actually formed mm. that, what was in that writing process. And, and I do occasionally, you know... Well up yeah, and remember so. it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and is it is it true you got you got the name for Jane Stark when you was uh, with the Prodigy? When I was with the Prodigy, um, well, the band then was English Dogs, yeah. Um, but it was going through a, a reinvention because we were signed to a German record label. I've I've had this link with Germany now for many years, yeah. and um, we were signed to a German label and we were touring. But I began to write these new songs that had a different flavour. Uh, we were doing... Occasionally, we were covering bands like China Drum, um, Rancid, Foo Fighters, Stiff Little Fingers. We were covering um, some of their songs. And so the new songs that we're writing were kind of going to a different angle. They were, they were more around this kind of almost 60s songwriting influence, but with a early punk angle um quite a tough guitar sound something like a cross between the sex pistols maybe even a slight slight metallica edge in there you know mm. or a thin lizzy thing definitely definitely not veering down the route of th- thrash metal no much punk uh, you know yeah, in, yeah. in the sex pistols kind of area stiff little fingers sex pistols um anyway so i was out with the prodigy and you know because i was with them all the time you know from 96 
to 99 i was with them 24 yeah. 7 and uh, apart from days off i was doing this band and, uh, and i wanted to think of a, of a new name for the band because these new songs it didn't fit with the english dogs yeah. you know the english dogs punk metal band this is a new thing um so i had a list of ideas you know and when you when you get band name ideas you, you're looking everywhere you Pulling yeah, out, yeah. You're pulling out books, you're looking at films, you're taking notes when you watch the television. You know, when you open up a newspaper, you're taking notes, you know it. Yeah, yeah, I do. So I collected about 500 possible names. I came across some of these names recently, because the other guys in the band were coming up with their suggestions as well. Um, and then I passed the list around the Prodigy guys, mm. uh, and they, they made a circle around this one. They said, yeah, Jane is Stark. I mean, they were probably pulling out a couple of you know take off the the j in france we are je anus <laughs> but um yes so i was with them and also some of the song titles came out of that yeah. the first album so yeah i was with them when all that happened and you know on played the first album to them yeah and was watching their reaction i remember liam was you know he was impressed with it oh cool oh, well they all were yeah. but, uh, but i think that liam and keith you know they particularly were impressed by it they enjoyed it mm. which is the main thing isn't it mm. just by just by your fellow friends you know what i mean yeah and then um you know the food fighters thing that happened yeah. as well so and they they liked the album and in fact they kind of endorsed it well they you know they heard it yeah. and they gave us a little phrase that we could take around with us and did the Foo Fighters get involved? I did read it down here somewhere, but I forgot it. It was when I played them the album. Um, Liam, uh, this all began yeah. when Liam asked me, we were on the way to a gig, and he, he says, who do you think should support us for the next, for the UK shows that we've got coming up? And I said, oh, that's easy. You know, let's, let's get the Foo Fighters. I mean, oh. They're the band of the moment. I mean, the album then was the Colour and the Shape album, yeah. which second album... I'm not a massive Foo Fighters fan, I must admit myself, personally. I think the Foo Fighters, maybe... I think that one of the things that some people get up their before. nose is that Dave Grohl is such a popular guy. No, I don't, I don't get up my nose. Well, I think, uh, I don't know, I've, I've got sort of like a few Foo Fighters, but I find them hit and miss, sort of track-wise. There's some really great tracks, but mm. not enough great tracks for me, if you understand what I mean. I'm but, like, oh, I've spent this money and now... They've got so many. Yeah, I only like four or five tracks off a 12-track album. I think you can forget about some of the previous ones. Mm. I mean, it's it's because they've got so many. Oh, you've stacked them now, haven't they? Yeah. And so you can forget. But if that particular album is like, you Mm. know, it's a greatest hits almost, there's so many great songs Mm. in it. Monkey Wrench, um, My Hero, Everlong. Yeah, Everlong. I've got that album. It's a great album. Mm. So we were listening to that at that time, and... The production of that album influenced Jaina Stark, where mm. Jaina Stark were going, because I think it was Melody Maker, it could have been Enemy. Um, they had a free cassette, uh, two songs per side. Um, there was Foo Fighters, Three Colours Red, uh, Helmet. Oh, I like a bit of Helmet. Uh, the fourth band escapes me. Can't think of it right now, but... You're going back a long way now. Yeah. Melody Maker and a free cassette. And <laughs> so I was listening to these, 
and I, I thought I, I was thinking this is the production that we, when if you listen if you could listen to that tape now if you can imagine mm. the production was what I wanted at that yeah. time so I'm also do you remember Therapy were quite yeah, remember big therapy. at that time yeah, so that, that, was, that was another band that yeah. we loved Going yeah. Nowhere what a great song yeah. um, so that that led to me getting in contact with Terry Thomas, who was the producer of Three Colours Red, and we loved th their first yeah. album. So that this was all giving birth to the first Jane and Stark album. Gotcha. Which Foo Fighters really loved. I played it to them, and they said, oh, it, it's a great melodic kick up the arse, you know. Am, am I so you toured, you toured with the Foo Fighters? No, no. It was oh. The Foo Fighters supported the Prodigy. I gotcha, you're the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they, they supported me alone. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. You was in the prodigy, so you, you toured with them, didn't you? Mm. There you go. Really, same thing. Yeah, totally different, but it's the same thing. It is really. Let's get that jacket off. There we go. I was a little bit warm. Yeah, kill yourself. Oh, I guess I'm in the studio. All this equipment in here. So just show you play a track. So uh, first track on the album, Father Time. What, what are you can tell us about that? Well, it was. Um, Written during the... Okay, so the lockdown. Um, let's have a think now. Um, so, that's in January 2020, Janus UK tour begins, okay? Mm -hmm. And then, get this, January 25th, my mum died. Oh, oh. So, oh, what a time that was. Not that. And then the, um, the tour begins. So, again, no chance to grieve. No. Um... The tour's happening, but now we've got news of this COVID thing going on. Um, we're kind of wondering, are we going to take it seriously? We're still going to keep doing the gigs, yeah. but then gigs are getting cancelled. Anyway, so finally, it was in March, and March the 14th, lockdown, the first big lockdown. So when I was in my... I've got a studio in Peterborough. Yeah. And uh, when I was in there, and then the lockdown was right, everyone, you know, from 10am tonight getting you know stay in your homes yeah. and i was thinking what am i going to do so i just thought look I, i'll take I, and i just got all my studio stuff and put it in the van and drove it home and just emptied everything out my shed and i just put the studio in the shed cool so then i thought i'll use this time to learn how to use this stuff that i've got properly learn how to record at home it's always good fun and yeah. everybody should do an album that they record at home at least once i had another a really decent roland electronic drum kit um i can't really play but you know i needed to so yeah. I, I wanted to try and create my own demos and so i was knocking things up you know new songs the first one was called rolling with the punches which was actually about the lockdown mm. and people's attitudes towards it but the second one was father time that was obviously written for my dad mm and it's got that big question um you know give me time because i've got to know where i am with this thing and i'm trying to find my place in life oh yeah yeah like i say let's have a listen Try to see them now 
mistakes will be on repeat. You never made the call to let them know. A cultivated photographs stuck right in the epitaphs. A funeral where you should laugh. Somehow I understand you. Somehow I understand you. You understand me. Janus Dark and uh, Father Time. Yes, because you've got to get out out your system some, somehow or another. So, I mean, playing music is is good therapy sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's sometimes making a good old noise uh, is is the best way. Um, uh, here's a story. Uh, you know the Guildhall in Peterborough, the, you know, that... Um, a medieval building that's yeah. on the cathedral square that no one really knows what it's for and and no one's been in it and so on and so forth well when we first reformed and we we recorded like a, a small handful of tracks and um us and the producer andy hawkins we kind of agreed between us that the the, the one that was probably the the, the best sounding track at that time was a song called Shuffle in the Pack and we, we decided that what we'd do to, to really bring the band back we'd do a band video we'd do a video for the song so um, I wanted an idea where we're going to film this thing let's do it in the Guild Hall so by managing to pull a few contacts here and there we got the keys to the Guild Hall and we got permission so on a August the 4th um, 2018 on a Saturday afternoon, you know, we we, we uh, loaded in at about something ridiculous, like eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, I call that ridiculous for yeah, a Saturday yeah. morning in the middle of Peterborough. And, um, you know, so we're loading in these enormous amplifiers, mm. PAs and stuff. 
uh, cameras, smoke machines, and we proceeded to, as they say, bang out a right old racket. And, and all those people that were outside were doing their Qu- shopping. Quite a good place to do it, really, because once upon a time, all, all the punks used to hang around underneath yeah. that building, didn't they? Yeah, you they know. did. It was it was a place of congregation. Yeah. It was a, where there and outside Virgin Records were the two. Yeah kind of gathering points yeah a lot of people used to sit down there and drink a few cans of beer and the benches around it and stuff like that i bet it's always been day. like that you know i bet people have been drinking beer there since the 17th they, they century they don't seem to anymore though unfortunately do they you know, don't spot anybody even well mind you don't go in town very often no, nowadays that's the thing the last time i went into town into the guildhalls when the queen died and mm. there was all the flowers that were placed yeah. beneath it and it was mm. quite a nice morning the sun yeah. was out, I had yeah. a coffee, sat down, phoned yeah. the daughter, you know. I think it was like one of the first sort of town council buildings as such. It, once upon a time, it was like centre for the, as a, as a town council, there was a bit more of a building on the back of it, you know, before we had this 1930s right. you know, town hall and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. I didn't know th- the full history of the building. I, I, I just knew I wanted to film yeah. in there. I wanted to do something what in there. What was it like on the inside? It's it's got a nice wooden floor. Mm. Um, it's got it's it's a nice it's small, much smaller yeah. than what you think. Um, I guess it, when you're inside, it looks it's just like a hall. Yeah. It's just like a small hall, mm. wooden flooring, uh, brick walls. But it's, it's got photographs of Peterborough um, kind of hung on the walls in mm. like large frames and you know, lots of small exhibitions just yeah. around it. There's a little kitchen in there. Sure. Yeah. You, there's a little ladder, and you can go upstairs into where the clock is. Ah. Yeah, so that's that's a sweet. It's very warm on an August. Oh, but it is, yeah. Yeah, August the fourth. It would have been even. What was the EQ? It's like quite good then with a wooden floor. Then, or yeah, it? really good. Yeah, yeah. great, good story. Yeah. yeah, if you get the chance, go and have a look at that on YouTube. Shuffling the pack is the name of the Shuffling song. Shuffling the pack. Shuffling the pack. So that was on the first album. It's on the second Sorry. album. So it's on the Angel mm. in the Flames. Mm. Second album, gotcha. <laughs> and, and so, did you record this one up in Leeds with Andy Hawkins? This current one? Yeah, um, Nave Studios. Mm. Yeah, um, bit of a procedure recording the album, but you know, yeah, we, we recorded it um, with Andy in, at the Nave. We had to do some of it, I had to do some of it at home because, I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, obviously save a bit of money. The first album, we had a, a great recording advance £40,000 that's fantastic it is a lot of money Um, but of course we didn't know how to record an album ourselves now the technology is such that you can record very well at home you just need to you know I mean I've found that I've got some really great friends that have got vast amounts of knowledge so I thought well here's the materials for me to learn to create an album of the level of that first album it's around me these people are around me and uh, so I just needed to be with them, and they were totally willing to give me their knowledge, and, yeah, you, know, yeah. and I, you know, I've imbr- accepted it with open arms, you know. And then so I learned how to use Pro Tools. It is it's, it's good tools. It's, like, it's good fun. It is good fun trying to to do right. You know, just it's a great learning process, and it is good fun because you're in control of it. I've got, uh, you know, again, I've got some very good friends that have supported the band too they've helped us when we needed something they 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 helped us and uh, so like you know i've got a, a great microphone for recording the vocals and i've got this kind of pretty special high-tech guitar amp called a kemper and mm-hmm. you can use that 
for making but you can record all your stuff at home okay but when you record it you record it with two signal paths so if you imagine looking down at this recording that you're making your one guitar actually it goes there's two things that come out one of them is a clean what i'd call a di signal yeah. um so that's just like clean yeah the second one is what you're using to monitor your sound uh, and that's so i'll use the kemper and the kemper profiles my amplifiers so i've got like marshall mesa boogie you know a, you might not have heard i think most people have heard of a marshall yeah amp. yeah no, but a mesa boogie so um so i'll have my marshall amp in that box sampled like kind of it's called profiled yeah. so i'll put that down but but the idea is first we record the drums and you record the drums properly with andy at the studio properly yeah you know you get everything does you use a click track tidy. oh we use a click track because it's you know we don't have vast amounts of money to spend no. you know if it, again if we had a hundred thousand to to throw up the wall then you know we would go in there with no click track and, and just all together record it over and over again yeah. until we got it right but yeah. we don't have that money yeah. so when you've got a, a click track you're able to get the drums down and then you've got what's like a template mm. so that when you put your guitars on top they go into this template which means that you're gonna you're going to be in time and yeah. that's important and then later on you go back into the studio and here's where the real you know the magic begins you take them clean signals and you reamp them you put them back into a real marshal and then you mic it again and that's what goes onto your yeah, master sure. final recording so we did that with everything and how many days were you in there for them Oh, uh, we go in for like a week at a time. It's quite a while then. That's Sometimes quite, two weeks. Well, but quite that, expensive then, really. No, because I'd go in for a week and do the drums, and then I'd come home and spend like X amount of weeks on the guitars, and then I'd go in again and do the bass guitar. All the time when I'm in there, I'm using that time. Yeah, you got to, wouldn't you? So if Andy's... Because it's expensive time, to be honest. It's not... It's, it's expensive enough, but yeah. it's not crazy expensive. Yeah. But it's expensive enough. And bear in mind, I'm also with this guy with all of his knowledge, Andy Hawkins, and that's valuable. Yeah, of course it is. So, but when he's busy doing something, if I don't need to be there in that room and I certainly don't need to be looking over his shoulder, I could be in another room in the studio recording either guitars or vocals. So the time is always used. Yeah. And um, we did the best, you know, we, we really, really built this thing up. And a lot of it was done at home in the shed. I saved you quite a lot of money, though. The vocals, a lot of vocals were done in the shed, mm. and then the others were done in the nave, you yeah. know. You know Paul for Jessica, don't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, he's on yeah. the Dole album. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, me and me and Tony Wilshaw and Paul, we did an album in his back bedroom. You know what I mean? Well, an EP, an EP in the back bedroom, just to see if we could actually do it. Well, this is it. You yeah, pulled yeah. up the name Paul Vajestica. Yeah. He's the drummer of the Dole. That's right. And yeah. when I took that equipment home for lockdown, you know, yeah. um, the, the way I got used to it, I was recording the Dole album yeah. because the Dole, the drums. The bass guitar and the rhythm guitar had already been recorded. It was just my parts that needed recording, guitars and vocals. So I did them all in the shed. Yeah. So that gave me enough time to get used to this software. 
yeah. and then send those files to to Andy. He's in Leeds. Bear in mind, he's on his own in a big studio in Leeds because it's COVID. He's yeah. allowed to go to the studio, but no one else is. Yeah. Okay. So he's in the studio working. I'm sending him files via the internet. He's get, getting them, reamping it back into a martial amp. This is real magic. You yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, imagine if Jimi Hendrix had done this. And imagine if you reamped Jimi Hendrix's guitar signals and put them into a Marshall and then stood next to it. Well, you don't know whether it would have sounded better. Well, not though, really. Well, it's, it's still him. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. still him. Yeah. He would, in a sense, he's, he's back in the room. Hmm. So there's almost a, you know, I've, and if you wanted to believe in those things, you could. It's yeah. almost otherworldly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But he's got to say, yeah. I've done an album in the bedroom. I can't remember where we did the drummers. I'm trying to think now. I think he's here. I think he sort of had bits and bobs of it scattered around in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a long time ago. But yeah, you can. He's, he's good fun. He's really, really good fun uh, recording your own stuff. And he gives you uh, satisfaction at the end of it, doesn't it? Absolutely. A lot of satisfaction at the end of it. Yeah. So we had. Uh, was it in March 2019? Keith Flint died. Yeah. Um, and then this crazy thing happened um, where Earache Records, that Jane Stark were signed to yeah. Earache Records. And that's, we did our first album with, yeah. with Earache. Um, they got in touch with me when Keith died and they said, We're going to have a little small sort of tent, about 100 people. Uh, Glastonbury Festival. We do it every year, you know. And this year, we thought we'd do a Keith Flint hour. And um, would you be? I can remember all this. Would you be yeah. into DJing? And I, I said, it sounds a nice idea. Yeah. And it was it was small, just a small personal gathering. I can remember this. Yeah. So I said, yeah, that'd be great. They somebody gave me some grief over it, didn't they? Well, yeah. The next thing I know, it's literally. All over the place. The enemy have got their hands on it. <laughs> BBC had got their hands on it. <laughs> Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? Oh, you mean NME? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then it was just all over the, the internet. And then I got a phone call saying it's gained so much momentum that Glastonbury actually want you to do it now on the main stage. <laughs> no. I can remember saying to you, do it. I can remember saying to you, do it. Yeah, well, that was leading to a, a lot of trouble. Was it? Yes. So I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. Which, I'm, obviously, I'm very glad that I didn't, because it would have overtaken all of my priorities, you know. Oh, I'm fair enough. And um, I also caused, you know, a proper... You know, a lot of backwards and forwards with some sort of toxic emailing, uh, text messages. Oh, no, you don't need none of that. No. Yeah. I think once you get to a certain age, you don't need that grindish, you can really help it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you get, no. You get to sort of chill out. I Even know, if you're playing punk music and you're a punk, you know, no you're, certain, you're, certain, you're like, oh, God, no one can't be doing that. it, can't be doing with it anymore. But you can imagine, Mark, that, you know, I innocently set out to just basically go... And just stand next to a guy. I wasn't even going to really DJ. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to stand next to a guy, grab hold of a mic and say a few things. And it was supposed to be a gathering in front of 100 people, you know. Yeah. That's what it was yeah. supposed to be. And then it leads to another thing. And then I'm ending up getting... 
dressed down via these text messages, which of course really affect my relationship mm. with another, yeah. with those people. Yeah. No, no. But, but it, strange thing happens when people die. You know, it's, it's like with family, isn't it? You know, if there's never going to be a fallout amongst family, it's always when somebody passes away or something like that. And, and funerals are strange affairs and, you know, things can happen that unexpectedly after people's death that you would never imagine. Yeah. And it, it happened, and you're like, oh, I didn't know it was like that, or I didn't know they felt about it like that. You know, so, yeah, you just think strange things do happen I after did, people die. I did go you know. to Keith's funeral. Yeah. So, I, and I, I was there. And I personally... There's a couple of things that I, that I observed that I didn't like, so I left. Yeah. Um, one of them was, there was the, a guy that, there was too many people just walking around clinking champagne glasses and great big smiles and just kind of just too much smoozing. Yeah. For basically what is the funeral of a guy who's committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, and as I was l watching this, it made me kind of think, well, my brother died because he committed suicide my actual yeah. brother you know so it's not right it, it, i'm thinking inside this isn't right you know yeah brought back a few memories for you yeah yeah well some people do treat funerals like parties you know so yeah my brother died and uh there was a i don't know what you call it a wake or whatever yeah you know wake. which i think probably got a little bit out of hand which i didn't really approve of so there we go which i didn't go to but come on my son did do you know, so yeah I don't know if I died, I would say to people, yeah, have a big party and get pissed and go down a pub and <laughs> whatever, you know. But but <laughs> some of these people weren't necessarily celebrating Keith's life. They were just doing the old, uh, hello. Oh, I see, yeah, you, yeah, you know, the yeah, schmoozing. Yeah, yeah. It was more like, because it was full of famous people, it's like, oh, I want to be seen with him. Let's oh, get I a see. selfie with yeah. that famous person. No, I thought, no, this no. is... That just doesn't show respect, does it? It's really? just, no, and that's what I mean. Yeah show respect right. and not only that when you're in a band with somebody uh, uh, and stuff like that you do become incredibly close I mean when you're in a band with people over a period of time and you're touring with them and playing with them and, and stuff like that they're going to be the closest people in your life apart from your your close family really at the end of the day yeah I mean currently we are touring Jane and Stark yeah. are touring so last week we was in Grantham yeah. Which actually was... It was sort of like your second home, in a way, Grantham. It was a fantastic yeah. gig. We really enjoyed that one. And then we went over to Gateshead. Hmm. And the, the North East, we, uh, we had one of our favourite bands playing with us that night. You're busy in November as well, aren't you? Yeah. In November, we have a mini tour. Which... Starts off in Bristol on the 17th, the Crofters Rights. On the 18th, you're in Peterborough at the Ostrich. At the Ostrich, we love that place. Yeah. I, I, we like the Ostrich, see you in there quite a few times. Uh, Bradford Tapestry and Newcastle Little Building. Yeah. And support from uh, Loudmouth. We've got Jana Stark. Nosebleed. And Nosebleed. Nosebleed are a really great, very popular garage punk band Hello. from Leeds. Mm. They're one of our favourite bands. We, we always try to play with our favourite bands. Nice. Uh, mm. Of course, you know, you, we can't, you can't play with all of them. No. Mm. But, um, I mean, like, we, we played with the UK subs and we loved them, you know. You played with the UK subs yourself, though, haven't you? I have played in the UK yeah. subs, yeah. I've, I've written songs with Charlie Harper. Oh, nice. Mm. And he's a legend, isn't he, really? How old is he now, do you know, roughly? Well, he's in his mid-80s. No! Yeah. Bless him. He still does Rebellion, though, doesn't he, as well? <laughs> 
You know, I need to think, is he in his mid-80s or mid-70s? I might, I might have been silly. I haven't been silly. He's in his mid-70s. Mid-70s. What, what a buffoon. Well, st- well, it's still a good age to be jumping around. <laughs> it's, it's still a good age to be jumping around stage in your mid-70s, though, isn't it? Really? Charlie, if you heard that, I'm really sorry. <laughs> At least he didn't say he was dead or something like that. <laughs> nah, that'd be My silly. mum's a great at killing people. She'd go, you know, so and so and so and so. We go, yeah. Well, here's something She's about they're dead. Some, then, like, something like, about Charlie. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great expert on the Rolling Stones. Is he? Mm. He's a big Stones fan, is he? That's how it all began for him. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Wow. I'm a big Stones fan, like the one of Stones. Yeah, I do. Well, you're a big Beatles fan as well. Which one? Which, which one of the two? Of course, the Beatles. But yeah, I am also, you yeah. know, I, I love. Listen, I've got something about a lot of the '60s stuff. So yeah. I, I love the Beatles. I mean, I love Beatles with a fervor. I, I, I'm one of the. I can talk for hours about the Beatles, mm. and if I'm with certain people, we will, you know. Um, but I also love the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I love the Who. The thing is with the Rolling Stones is that. You know, th- those albums, Let It Bleed, uh, Beggar's Banquet, I grew up with those albums. Yeah. And then, of course, the Some Girls album, which kind of was... Revitalised them, didn't it, that album Yeah, did. it did, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the Beatles... That was their answer to punk, in a way. It was, yeah. And certain songs, like Respectable, are yeah, right there, yeah, shattered. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Beatles, each album tells a story... Um, and I, I kind of live that story for a period of time and then I go to another one. So, like, for instance, one of the things that's been in my head in the past couple of days, uh, just been thinking about the way how glam rock influenced punk. And in some ways, punk comes from glam rock, right? Because David Bowie, um, Sweet Slade, yeah. particularly David Bowie, you could almost say that David Bowie created Ziggy the Star- type. Ziggy Stardust period, definitely. Yeah. Also, Aladdin saying. There were some songs uh, previously that it did on Hunky Dory as well. Yeah. And, um... John Amani Ma- Ma- Dancing's quite a punky song, really. There's some other ones. Queen Bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Suffragette City. Yeah. You know, that yeah. sounds like that sounds like a yeah. punk song. And, uh, so anyway, that, that inspired punk. So then I started, my, my head started to go in the direction of, all what? Where did glam come from? What okay. about the New York Dolls? I mean, they've got a big influence in there somewhere. Of course. And, and, and then, then what about... Uh, but then you could say that the, the New York Dolls got that influence from the Rolling Stones and the Faces. Yeah, you could do. Yeah. And, um, but I was, then I was looking at the Beatles' career and thinking, well, is there any point there where the Beatles could have been an influence on glam or could have helped make that path? And it dawned on me, the Magical Mystery Tour. Because that album, that the... the, the crazy psychedelic the way how it was all you know what they were wearing the way how it was filmed the songs that i don't know because i sometimes think probably personally it's only my humble opinion that you know it, punk came from garage rock you know people like the yeah. mc5 and, and all them sort of people but, you, like, but you, again you know, and then look at how, how well, like iggy pop and the stooges of course i mean iggy pop yeah. that was the temp that was the beginning yeah. uh, you, you know you could say that the first iggy pop album the first stooges album yeah. sorry the first yeah. stooges album you could even say that was the first punk album yeah. but then when you see mc5 yeah. kick out the jams and um, when you watch that now you go oh this is the beginning of yeah, punk. Is, yeah. but hey hold on wait a minute if you just get right listen there's a beatles song called you can't do that mm. okay and that the song title, the way how John Lennon, John Lennon spits out the vocal, the way how the, the, the music pounds with just relentless 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> See, I've heard that track, I'll have to listen, have to hook it up. It sounds like a garage 
rock. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it's got it there. There's a lot of garage rock around that is proto-punk, without a doubt. I mm. mean, if you yeah. hear the Beatles live at the Star Club, that sounds like a garage rock band. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I am pretty obsessive about... Not obsessive, I, I'd just say I enjoy... Yeah, discovering and going back and understanding where the, the music came from and everything else yeah. like that, isn't it? I think, I don't know, if you was like me when you was a young man, you was like, oh, I really like punk music and all the other music is hippie crap and I'm not listening to any of that sort of thing. And then as you, as you get older, even just a few years older, you start listening to different genres of music and, you know, and then as you get even more older, you start going further and further back and listening to all different sorts of I things. I like to deep dive into yeah. stuff. I like yeah. to... I, I, rather than skimming over the surface, I'm a big fan of deep diving. Mm. I so. I, every now and, I'm a quite a big 10 years after fan and, ah. and every now and again Tony Wilshaw got me into 10 years after I'll give yeah. a shout out Tony and uh, yeah every now and again I have a bit of a 10 years after phase and go back and stuff like that you know, so. I found a 10 years uh, after I'm going to have to go back on it onto eBay and there was a 10 years after poster quite psychedelic mm. and it had been at uh, Fillmore, Heath, Fillmore East and they've got a famous album from, live from Fillmore East whether this is a genuine poster I couldn't really tell because it's got to come from the States but it was about 90 quid which I thought was pretty good value for money if it's, it's a, a, if true, it is. a genuine sort of thing yeah. if it is genuine uh, yeah. and that's I mean memorabilia as it's, from day one I've tried to keep hold of most of my stuff I've yeah. got a lot of um, but I've, you know I don't mind letting it go I do sell it now and again you yeah. know because I can't just hoard all this endless oh, can <laughs> no I don't want to uh, I mean uh, you know I don't mind you know like for instance last year I sold a load of uh, t-shirts that I wore on stage yeah. with the Prodigy and you know I'm fine with that I've still got some of course yeah I'm not going to sell them all um, it's just that I don't feel the great need to have, have absolutely everything and also that the person that buys it from me they could go to like one of the Prodigy gigs now and they've got this talking mm. point yeah I've got this t-shirt that Gears actually wore on stage in 1997 with the Prodigy so it's got DNA in there you know it's got Keith DNA in there just give them a bit of providence, a bit of sign paper to go yeah, with it. Yeah, a little yeah. story. Yeah, because you need to, don't you, really, with them sort of things. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I was, watching, I was watching American Pickers the other night, and he went into some strange hotel in uh, L.A., and this guy had been involved with uh, Fillmore East and all stuff like that, and the posters here, I think that was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You know what I mean? You're like, my God, some of these 60s psychedelic posters. Were Fantastic crazy. artwork. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the most... You know that my daughter's an artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was with her. She's been studying art at Leeds. Uh, mm. She's now doing her masters. Nice. And um, my daughter's up in Leeds as well. My daughter's up in Leeds. Is she? Yeah. How yeah, old? She's in Leeds College of Music. How old is your daughter? She'll be twenty-two second of November. They're nearly the same age. Yeah. Yeah, because Astrid is twenty-two on December the twelfth. Oh, they are close then. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I was there last night. She'd, she'd won an award, um, like an, a, an arts, you know, for her degree, one of her degree mm. pieces. There was an exhibition. Um, four of them got chosen. What's she, do, what she, do, what she doing? Paintings, drawings? She's doing all medium. Yeah. But at the moment, she's really into film. Ah. So, and she's got lots of stuff there at the university she can tap into. Again, this is like what I was saying earlier. There's materials there she's doing her master's course she can tap into those materials and use them they're yeah, there course, for, yeah. for her to use yeah. uh, what i was saying earlier on i was doing the same tapping into the knowledge of my great friends andy hawkins andy sneep andy sneep who, who's he's mastered 
the um the two uh jane the stark albums like the the new ones so face your biggest fear he's mastered now mastering yeah now i was going to say to you mastering what what goes on when you master it's polishing it's making it sound well balanced and right if it's not mastered the volume levels go up and down all over the place and the bass sounds wrong it just generally sounds wrong if it's so is he remixing it again or is he just clipping the, is he just clipping levels of it's, the it's, it's a final thing and it, and it involves a bunch of things it involves compression eq limiting I mean, you don't really need to do too much, but you're trying to make this thing sound perfect on every system that you put it on, whether it's on the radio, yeah. in your car, on your home stereo, on your computer, on your phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll get sick, I'll track that again, I'm like, oh, that sounds quiet, and then like, I'll put it through a little program and it will sort of like, you know, master it, and go, like that, and then listen to it back, and you go, well, I don't probably sound that different a little bit now the band but at least it's, you know because obviously people record things at different levels and they turn up or their new band and obviously yeah. the level's quite down and that's to just go up you know but that's in the computer program i just go and it just does it but this uh, is where because i'm a beatles collector so i collect their vinyl hmm. and um there's some of their releases throughout the world some of them have been mastered better than others so like for instance the the german um vinyl pressing of magical mystery tour the engineers in germany they got the original master you know tape yeah. the actual master yeah. tape and they they put the most amount of time and they used the resources of fa you know amazing yeah. equipment they put the most amount of time knowledge dedication equipment technology into that so german impressive. import of that album is is, is the best yeah. some people actually think that it's the best sounding beatles release hmm. that the german press the original german press you know not just any yeah 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 the, the original german press of magical mystery tour is the finest sound yeah, but how much one of those go for not that not too bad i picked one up for about 65 that's pounds. not too bad yeah, is it it's okay yeah so that's reasonable not too bad at all I find record collecting now you can get quite some good bargains off eBay here and there quite often. Yeah, but if you think if you're buying an album that was released in 1963 and it's if you want it in mint condition, think of how crazy that is. That album has been well, if you like, it's been unloved. Well, thing is, some people who collect stuff sometimes buy more than one copy sometimes i do i'm, I, <laughs> and I'm anyone, guilty of that if anyone <laughs> wants to buy two jana stark albums one yeah. for playing one for keeping yeah, come what, and see that's me. what people do you know so yeah i mean I've, i sort of like, i was a big cult fan so very often the cult would release a uh ordinary vinyl album which i'd buy and then they'd at least release a limited edition one like on gold vinyl or something yeah like that. you'd save that one. save that one don't play that one and just never touch it just look at it yeah and just have the other, you could just you know, anything like that when you record collecting it can all get out of control pretty easy and i've just I'd, i've done it i'm sort of like uh give myself a good 30 year gap i kept all my records from ever from wherever i was a lad i never sold one single record that i've ever had yeah so i've got a fair amount but I, I haven't had my hi-fi and everything set up for a long time, and now it's all set up again. Yeah, I'm, good. St I'm starting to uh, fall into the... I was like, oh, there's a record fair, I'll have to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Spending more money. <laughs> uh, I did packing smoking, so there's my justification. I'm like, oh, all this money I've saved for packing and smoking. It just it just yeah. makes you wonder that if, if yeah. a crane came along and lifted up your house, how much would it weigh because of all this vinyl? It does weigh a lot. 
Yeah, I bet. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've had people buy in two copies of the album. Yeah. You know, yeah. if anyone wants to buy the album... Right, yeah, how do they get hold of it? It's, it's like, the, very simple. You, Jaina Stark, we're talking about Jaina Stark. Yeah. So you could just go online and just go janastark.co.uk and that will take you to the shop, hmm. okay? If you want to go directly to the shop, you can go Jaina Stark Bandcamp. Yeah. And then you go directly Good to the shop. Good way to buy things, Bandcamp, I think. Yeah. Because everything's on, it's quite a popular site. We've got everything on there. And you can order all your merch for it. We've actually got two albums that were limited edition, which were yeah. released during the lockdown, which were demo albums. Cause, because, you know, whilst that lockdown was happening, I was pulling out all these original tapes, dat tapes, videotapes, yeah. And I was uh, transferring it, digitising everything. So I came across some real diamonds. And um, I sent them to the record label, and they said, well, why don't we release them now? Because, you know, we've got got this strange period of time. So, yeah, in um, December 2021, we had two albums, Shay Rong, which was demos that were released, uh, but they were recorded in 2002, that was mm. the, like the last of the first the first wave. batch of yeah, and then demos that were before the first album, the Great Adventure Cigar. So they were like pre, oh yeah, yeah. early stuff. Yeah, they were the first demos when I was coming off tour with the Prodigy and going up to Market Deep in Frognall Jigsaw Studios. Oh yeah, Jigsaw Studios and recording. Yeah. Let's play another track because we've we've chatted for about twenty minutes nonstop, nonstop. So what, what do you want to choose one? Should we do I Don't Want Your Sympathy? Track number three. Track number three, there it is. Yourself, what do you see? Rewrite 
Gonna go running off into a next song in a minute. Ha, caught it. <laughs> that, that song would make a good advert for lockets. <laughs> did you do a lot of shouting on it? Did you? Oh yeah, I loved doing that. Yeah. yeah. No, we're just talking about the old days and people and stuff like that. So yeah, Joe McCall. He's, he's Joe a, McCall. Yeah, from the now. What yeah. he, he's my how, how can I put it? He's my well brother yeah. in some respects but also it's like he's, he's kind of like my surrogate father mm. in many respects him and his wife brenda they're like they're kind of my surrogate parents you know i've i've adopted them <laughs> as, as my parents he's great pals with uh billy bragg isn't he? yeah very close joe's a wonderful person um i love him to bits uh and of course he was there at the very beginning he was there at the very beginning yeah, and yeah. uh he because he previous to that he was a fan of like roxy music so yeah. he was like again what i was saying earlier yeah roxy music was sort of a proto punk band virginia way, blaine. yeah virginia blaine yeah that's a cross between glam rock and a punk song isn't it? yeah it's, it's very yeah yeah so and he was there and i believe that a lot of the the early punks they they were born from that yeah but you know it's great when you've got these people that are close by you you cannot, you know, talk. You got to talk to him, haven't yeah, you? So I can remember going down to the Marcus Garvey Club, which is sort of on Wellington Street, where Wellington Street is now, where the Gasworks was, around that area, opposite St. St. Mary's Church, and uh, oh, that's how I believe. Like Two Tone came across in Coventry and stuff like that because it was like a converted, it was a big church hall, and in the front the band would play. But if you wanted to drink, you had to go sort of round the back of the stage as a separate door. And then it, it, it was a Jamaican club, and all reggae music was playing. Yeah. You know, so you go in there for grab a beer, and you're like, oh, I like this music. Yeah. Well, I think I always believe yeah. that the punks embraced reggae. Yeah. And uh, if you if you listen to a lot of early first wave punk, you can hear reggae influences. Yeah. Like so, for instance, Sex Pistols, mm. Submission. Yeah. <laughs> And they played uh, the now. The, uh, na- the now played uh, with uh, Kevin Rowlands from Roxy Music played there, and I can't remember what the name of the band was. Somebody will put me right. Anyway, hold on. 
Is that was that a punk band, not Dexys? No, no, it's a punk band. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't remember. The nose bleeds. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is crazy because now we've got we're playing with a band called Nosebleed. <laughs> yeah, you are as well. Yeah, full circle. There we go. Yeah, and then a lot of them gigs they would be at the Marcus Garvey, uh, St Barnabas Hall, and then they would. I think then a few punk bands got themselves into the Key Theatre as well. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what's... Oh, sorry, I got it wrong. It's the Killjoys. That's it, the Killjoys. That was it, the Killjoys. Sorry about yeah. that. There was a band called the Nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah the Killjoys, yeah. Um, the, the band that was called the Nosebleeds, I'm thinking of, they had a song called Ain't Been to No Music School. <laughs> um, That's always a straight, isn't it? It's like... They were Manchester. They were mm. a Manchester band. And they they actually had Billy Duffy in the band at one point. Did they? Yeah. I follow, I follow old Billy Duffy on uh, Facebook because uh, I'm a bit of a fan of. Yeah, the I do as well. You know what I mean, so I think he's great. I, th yeah. I think he's always been a really cool guitarist. He's, he's quite get down to earth, isn't he? You know, you don't let it all go to his head. He's a cool guitarist and person. Yeah, yeah. Lots of his motorbikes as well, as every person should. You know, so I prefer cars. I prefer not to die. <laughs> you know, as long as you. Kind you know, old Lee Scott, I used to have a motorbike, he's a pretty powerful one, I was 750 Kawasaki, and I say, that's a death machine. That as long is. as you keep, your, keep looking, you know, and don't be stupid and, you know, don't ride under influence, yeah. you know, as long as you're really, really sharp and keep looking, and, and your machine is well serviced, yeah. if your machine's okay, and you're okay, it's going to be fine. Yeah, I've been on the back of Scotty's uh, when he used to have one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a great fan, really. I definitely prefer four wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I mean, I love motorbikes. So yeah. The feeling of riding one—you um, can just jump on it and just go to Hunt Stanton. Feels great. There's a lot of people going to bikes on Stanton, aren't there? Yeah. Every Sunday. You know, so yeah, it's a wonderful feeling. I get my my son James. He comes on the back, and we'll go for a ride. Um, but you know, nowadays it's a bit. I don't have one, but you can get a Bluetooth helmet where you're listening to music while you go along. Yeah. I, I don't have that. No. No. Well, no, because there is a sort of the vibration and the sound of it all and everything else. Like, you know, so if you're going you're to sort of miss it all, aren't you? You, you will the miss music, it. Sort of, you know, sometimes I'm driving a car and I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to any music now, I'm just going to drive the car. Just drive it. Yeah, yeah. 110 mile an hour down the A1. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Yeah, well, I used to have a, an MR2 that I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, Ford Escort. I mean, a, it's, no, it's Escort, isn't it? No, an MR2 it's, Mazda. Oh, is it a Mazda? Sorry, it's, what am I saying? Toyota. Toyota. A Toyota, that's how long ago yeah. was it I had it. Oh, no, I'm thinking of XR3 eyes and stuff like that. It's a yeah. two-litre, and it went like a rocket. Hmm. It's great. And there were no speed cameras around in them days, was there? there were, no, there wasn't. <laughs> um... But no, I kind of. I remember an old boy called Andy who, who's a big, big fan of the cult. We used to call him Chip Shop. His, his, his parents used to run the Crown down Lincoln Road. Oh yeah, I know. Who remember? You yeah, you know Andy. Yeah, and his brother Bambus. Really yeah, used, yeah. Well, weren't they down here as well? At one time, I think they were. Yeah, they was down. That's how we made friends with him because he used to own. He used next to, door. Next door. Yeah. yeah, and I used to live over Wharton. Yeah, because oh, he was a kind of goth lad. He was a good lad. He was a nice lad. Yeah. Long Apparently, he's real good friends with Asbury nowadays. You know, but he always was a big uh, cult fan. Yeah. And he used to have an XR3i, and he used to go to a lot of gigs down London. I mean, we used to go 
jump on the train a lot of time, but he'd say, oh, you're coming down to see the cool. Hey, get down there, I've got in my car, and he's jumping his extra off here. Oh, and he used to... Take you to a gig. Yeah. Don't you just love people that do that? Uh, you yeah, know, they, yeah. They're going to a gig in London and say, I've got some space in the car, come with me. Yeah. Um, I used to be in a little bike gang in Peterborough, and um, that used to happen. Some of those guys used to say, oh, well, I'm going to go and watch Stone Temple Pilots. We've got room in the car, do you want to come? Fantastic yeah. time, just go down Great there. Great trip, and, a, and a midweek as well. Yeah, midweek. And the, then you turn up at work next morning, you're like, oh, yeah. it's worth it. But it was well worth it. Yeah. Good times. Uh, yeah. and, and really, I guess we're kind of saying to people now, I mean, we've just gone through COVID, which has kind of made people get very settled, uh, put Netflix on. Mm. And I don't blame them because there's some great dramas on Netflix. I, I enjoy them myself. Better Call Saul, I love that. But um, I love going to a gig. Yeah. I, I love... Um, it's the whole thing of like the the, the live band. Yeah, going I think. I mean, I think the Ostrich has got a great scene going on down there. Yeah, it's now. awesome. And then they've got a great crowd of people. If anybody sort of like and, and the landlord and landlady. Yeah, it's really Sue and Graham. Great vibe in there. Really, really good vibe. Yeah, we're playing there on November the eighteenth. What, what sort of day is that? It's a Friday. Friday. Oh, that's good. Morning. I mean, to me, a weekend begins kind of on a Wednesday. <laughs> No, when I used to work shift work, it used, to, got, start, it used to start on a Friday. Friday lunchtime was about the like earliest. I think it's okay to have a taster on a Wednesday evening yeah. because, I mean, I don't. Now this sounds, you know, I don't know how you're going to take it, but I've decided to not work anymore on a Friday. I still work on a Friday. I'd, I work so I've done nearly 19 days in a row, and then I'm stopping like. Friday, and then right. I'm going to have some time off. If someone's is, is wondering, listening to this, and they're wondering, what do you mean work? You know, you, you play the guitar, you don't call that work. Well, yeah, I'm you actually do guitar very, lessons, don't you? I'm a very of. serious guitar teacher, yeah. and I work at three schools. I work at Hampton College, Hampton Gardens, and Ormiston Bushfield. Yeah. And uh, I, I love my job, and uh, I do what I can to help those people learn music, you know, hopefully they'll take music as, you know, a GCSE yeah. and, you know, to record their pieces. But not just that, the little extra is that when I record a song with a backing track with them, I'll download a backing track and then they will learn their parts. And yeah. They'll record it with Pro Tools, with me. Yeah. And then can you imagine the smile on their parents' faces as they receive that email with that song? Yeah. They listen to that and they, they're just like... You know, because at the moment, anything that can cheer us up, we, we need. Well, it, this yeah. is it. I think that's what I think that's what it is when you you go on to to uh, live gigs and stuff like that. I started to go for a lot more live gigs than I used to, and uh, like you say, we've had sort of COVID, uh, the Queen die, uh, war in Ukraine, and then. The government going absolutely crazy. Awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? You live through it and you think, well, I might as well just really, you know, I could sit at home stressing about it all the time, or I could go to a gig and uh, mix with a really bunch of nice people and see a band that I've not seen before and just enjoy myself. You'll find that, yeah, I mean, obviously part of punk rock is, um, there's a historic element where, where people, the writers, they like to dig back into the past and, and about things that have, like, uh, you know, 
you know, justice. Oh yeah, I mean, I, big, I, big, big new model army fan here. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. basically, the, the wrongdoings of political leaders, you know, mm, is close. often yeah. a topic of uh, of punk um, lyric inspiration. Mm. But when we come together with our friends, we might want to leave that one at the door because. You know, sometimes you just need to be without all that, you know. Sometimes you need to leave politics and religion at the door. Definitely religion. Because, it, you know, we don't necessarily need to be arguing. I mean, it's like... No, I wouldn't talk, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk politics at a gig, but if I was in a band, I might sing politics. But oh, people, God, yeah. yeah, yeah. Same yeah, here. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely same here. Oh, and maybe a tiny bit of talking, but... When, when you because well, you're good, you're enjoying yourself. You don't you really want to go to enjoy yourself. You yeah. don't want to be having an argument with like your friends just no. because. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, there's room for everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can vote for whatever party you want. You can. I can still be your friend. You no, know? you can't be a Tory. <laughs> we can. We'll let you off. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, that is it. Really, <laughs> isn't it? It's like it's like metalheads. <laughs> people who are metalheads, aren't they? They're pretty accepting of all different sort of people and stuff like that. <laughs> you know. It's only people who listen to disco music who are a bit closed-minded. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, uh, no. Okay. So, what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's. It's fine for people to have an opinion. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think if you're having a night out, you should just like, oh yeah, the band were great. What are you up to now? And what, what album were you listening to? But but, but yeah. it's also really good to talk about something and you leave those things at the door. Yeah, and All I right. think the other thing is about like when you're going to somewhere like an ostrich, or I don't know how you find it in your gigs, is that it's cross generational. So there's people our age that are getting on in a few years even there though we won't consider ourselves old we're mature we're, we're, we're mature let's I'm say we're 56 mature. yeah we're so mature how so. old are you 61 okay yeah. so yeah i mean we're pretty much around the same yeah. age you know there's not yeah. that much between us we've certainly experienced many of the same things yeah yeah um, but there's a lot of young people having gigs when there's people who are in the 30s and 40s and then there's people in the 20s you know so yeah it's a good cross mixture of people well th this is why now when i'm giving guitar lessons and i'm talking to parents and things like that i'm kind of saying again we're going back to that thing of use your materials that are around you to enhance your life mm. that i'm saying to the students these schools the schools that i'm working in we've got drum kits we've got guitars we've got amplifiers I'm kind of hoping there's a PA system in them. I, I haven't checked that one out, so I do, I do need to check that. I think I've got quite a good music... Uh, good music departments. Good music departments up in Alton Longville School as well. So I would say right now is certainly the schools that I work at, very good resources for, you know, to, to form a band. Yeah. Form a band and use the practice room. The practice room is there. Battle of the band competitions are great fun, aren't they? I, I mean, my, when my, my, sorry, I said my daughter's up in Leeds, but when she was up at uh, Deacons... Deacons! They used to have a brilliant Battle of the Bands right. competition. I was asked year. to judge that. Oh, I think you was on yeah. the judging panel, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I was down there. Yeah, and it was great fun. One of the best nights out ever, that is. Good bands. Yeah, good bands. Great fun. So that's what I was saying, is, you know, the, the people there, they want to help. Yeah. Well, I was very lucky. I went to Bushfield School when it was only just built, yeah. and I had great teachers, and the facilities, they let me use them. They, they say, use our... We had a music teacher called John Birkby, greatest music teacher, greatest teacher, one of the finest, and he was like, you know, you can use... 
because um, he didn't call me Giz. I wasn't called Giz then. I was called Graham. Yeah. You know? So he said, Graham, you can use our um, rehearsal rooms. And they had a drum kit. So we had like, Abid Saeed, he was playing the drums. And then we had Alan Frantram, he was playing the bass guitar. So we had a little three-piece. And then, would you believe it, Les Wheeler on vocals. Hello, <laughs> <So laughs> DJ. And we formed our first band called The System. I think at one time we had a bass player called Peter Fry and Alan was on rhythm guitar. But we were five piece then, but we eventually whittled down to a three piece. Yeah. But we were rehearsing in that school rehearsal room with using their drum kit. And you know the science teacher who I think I think was called Mr. Howler, I think so, he brought in his own PA. Oh, bless him. And he let us use his PA, and he brought in his guitar amp, and he let me use his guitar amp. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. What a guy. So, yeah, they're pretty liberal for them days, really. What a guy. You know, because, like, uh, you know, back in the day then, thing, things weren't very liberal, were they, really? No. I think we were lucky to catch this new school and Mind you, some, some of them people... Well, well uh, some of the people teaching in secondary schools were sort of hippies in a way. You know, Quite good yeah. thinkers. Yeah. Free thinking. Yeah. Although yeah. like, that's all come from that generation free of education thinkers. where they sort of had free free university education that yeah. some of them people had and you know, they was they were sort of like well I wouldn't say they're hippies, but yeah, they were sort of progressive people, they had progressive minds. Yeah, you know? pro- progressive thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now is a good time for I don't want to say kids, but, you know, children. Not Certainly not children. No, no, it's like te- te- teenagers, young people, young people. That's the way to do it. T- yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, I've been up to uh, uh, Longville School, and they've got they've got a great music department there as well. Yeah. I think they do it. I think they've got, like, a little television studio they've got there as well. Yeah, yeah, you find that most of the yeah. schools have. Yeah. So, yeah, get in there. Use the guitars. The schools yeah. that I'm at, I help get some equipment. In fact, here's another one. Anyone listening to this... If you have, like, a guitar, or a guitar amp, or a bass guitar, and if you don't use it, and if you want to donate it to go to a school... That's a good idea. Get yeah. in touch with either Mark or me, and we will get it to that school. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Great idea, yeah. Because, yeah, that's one of those things, isn't it? The equipment is most expensive, isn't it? You know? Cool, I better, better get through some microphones in schools and stuff like that because they're the bits that are, you know, leads are the thing that yeah. really they, you, they they get through leads. Yeah. You know, I've been uh, fixing Is up it, some of the guitars recently, just restringing them. Um, it's like in the radio studio here, you know, leads get foot pulled and people trip over them. Yeah, and the, the headphones get knackered and stuff like that, and you end up soldering them up and this and the other. Right, so we're nearly coming yeah. to the end. Of, of the, the show. show. So, well, of your section, because I've got to play some tracks that have been sent into the show, unfortunately. Okay. So, it's time for me to go, really, isn't it? It is, really. Yeah. It's been good. I've enjoyed I'll, talking to you. Do you want to play out with one more... Oh, let me have a look now. I've lost, one, I've lost myself. One song off the album. Yeah. Yeah, hold on a minute. Let me go the, back to it now. There's one yeah. song that you won't be able to play, because it's got... Cool. A, yeah, I can see that one. It's got a naughty word. Yeah, I can see that one. Um, so let's choose a different song. We'll play you out with a Jane Stark song. And time's gone quick, look at it. It's amazingly quick when you have a good chat. Just, just, um, let me see. Okay, how about... Let's try... There's a song that I really enjoy, that everyone else seems to enjoy as well. <laughs> it's about ten minutes lo- No, I'm not going to do That's that right. one. You can't do that one. It's all about, it's always a matter of timing, isn't it? When and I never get the timing right on the radio show anyway. So, you know, 
You can do rolling with the punches if you want. Ah, uh, where was I? It's the second one. Oh, we've already played that. At the beginning. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you did reassure. I haven't got rolling in the punches in the list. No, track two is missing. Okay, so carry on. L- yeah. List them out. Tell me some more. I don't want your... Sympathy. You've done yeah. that one. Eddie Larkin. Eddie and Larkin. Yeah, do another... Say another one. One more ghost. One... Cluster. Thing. Yeah. Reassuring. Yeah. Marina Trench. Stick. Mike Cullen. Shoot me <sighs> if I don't... I have the right. Yeah, shoot me if I don't have the right. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think you should go for Marina Trench. It's got a bit of rockabilly oh. touch to it. And it, this song, the the lyrics were written by my good friend Simon Wright. And it's dark, I'm on trench. I must, must admit, that's just everyone like my tracks, nice and fast. Uh, this is a band called uh, Feather Trade. Uh, they come from Manchester, and the song's called Dead Boy.
Oh, I've been talking about punk this evening and post-punk and stuff like that. So I'm going to change things a little bit. This is a, a project from uh, Stilton near Peterborough. They go by the name of Sundog, and this song's called uh, Clinging to the Lifeboat. Oh, I know that feeling as well.
And uh, clinging to a lifeboat. This is a band that go by the name of uh, Girls in the Synthesis. They come from uh, London, and the song's called uh, Cottage Industry. Girls in Synthesis and uh, Cottage Industry. And they've got a track that was uh, sent in from uh, Norway, of all places. Uh, the band go, go by the name of One and a Half Dog, and the song's called uh, Cats 22. I'm uh, going to dedicate this one to Stuart Ingo up in uh, Nottingham, if you're still listening.
It's time to book your tickets for this year's massive fireworks display at the East of England showground in Peterborough. Fireworks Fantasia is open to all ages and features street food stalls, licensed bar, fun fair, and monster truck rides. Plus, meet the minions, Bob, Stuart and Kevin. Okay. No, no, no. And then the spectacular fireworks display set off to music. It's all happening on Saturday the 5th of November at the East of England Showground. Get your tickets at fireworksfantasia.co.uk. Feel the earth move at Beautiful, the Carol King musical, the Broadway and West End smash hit. Experience her incredible journey from songwriter to superstar. Beautiful, the Carol King musical. At the new theatre Peterborough from the 25th of October. Book now at newtheatre-peterborough.com.
Northamptonshire is to Kay and Ryan and a song uh, Sing It Out Loud. I do like that song. I think that's the best song they've sent into the show so far. This is a band from London called The Jesse Tree and the uh, song's called Things to Come.
That was London's A Jesse's Tree and uh, a song called Things to Come. If you want to send a uh, track into the show, please email me at uh, dotmason at sky.com and we will have a listen. I'll listen to every single track that's sent to the show, I do uh, assure you. Uh, this is a band called uh, King, King Kuju. Uh, the song's called uh, Down Here and they also come from London. And wrecking around, wrecking and reckless around. Feeling my way through the smoke, wearing a smile on my face, praying but not to a god, because God's out while killing this place. a bird with no wings Though I can still hear her sing To a God, because God's out while killing this place. Feeling my way through the smoke, wearing a smile on my face. Praying, but not to a God. Praying, but not to a God. Down here, down here, dead skin, and it's in a down in 
King Cujo and a song called uh, Down Here. Yeah, is a Stephen King film called Cujo, isn't it? I think it's, I think it's about uh, a bit of a Sam Bernard dog that's gone a bit crazy. I think it's a Sam Bernard. Perhaps somebody will put me right. I'm not sure, really. Uh, not one of his best films. In fact, I think, really, Stephen King films, uh, apart from one or TV adaptions, there's not many of them that have been really absolutely brilliant. Carrie, the first Carrie was really good. Yeah, we'll go with that one. The remake of Carrie weren't very good. Oh, Salem's Lot was quite good. Uh, or Pet Cemetery, we'll give it sort of 50 50. Here we go. So, yeah, a lot of adaptions of Stephen King's films and TVs are pretty enough. And uh, the QG was, well, I think it was a bit of a bad story anyway, Stephen. About a mad dog or something like that. I can't really quite remember, really. Uh, this is a band called The Burma, and the song's called uh, Sucker for Stars, and they come from London. Oh, we've had three bands from London in a row. Yeah. 
Hello, guys, that's the Burma, and uh, second for stars. Don't think I'm going to manage to squeeze all the uh, tracks into the show. Well, I know I'm not. Definitely not going to manage it. Uh, also, apologies to uh, a, a band called In The Air, and uh, apologies to uh, a band called uh, Vorgan Trusty or something like that, because I just haven't got enough time to squeeze everybody's track into the show. Uh, I've only got about three minutes left to play. Anyway, I'm going to play you out, and thank you very much for listening to the show, and thank you very much for... Uh, Gisbert for coming in on the show. Really had a great time and a good chat to him. I know time can go really... Might, might have been a bit uh, self-indulgent here and there. I'm not quite sure how it might have uh, sounded. Um, ooh, what was I going to play there? Let's play this track here, but who is, who is actually that? I've gone a bit crazy now. I might have to play this one. All right, so I'm going to play a band by... We are going to play a band, because uh, there's another track in here. I've not written it down somewhere, so... Something always goes wrong. I've been brilliant tonight. Got a long way in the show before I actually cocked it up. But yet we've got to a point now where I've managed to cock it up. Anyway, you're going to play a, a band uh, by the name of the Underclass. They come from Stoke and uh, the song is called uh, Bad Dreams. Good night. <laughs> 